You are now listening to Crunch Time. No hot takes, no gimmicks. You love sports, he lives them. So buckle up your chin straps because it's time to wrap up your workday with Crunch Time. Welcome into a Friday Eve Chardon edition of Crunch Time. I'm your guest host, Blaine Vietar. Having a good time today. Fresh off the Tigers basketball win in the SEC tournament, 76-68 over the Missouri Tigers. You just heard that right here on 103.7 The Game. My boy James Mesh behind the glass. He's going to keep us in check. We're going to have a great time today. We're going to recap that game starting out today. But boy, did we get some big news from the MLB. Boy, I'm excited. We're going to have baseball. Are we going to play a full 162? We're going to find out shortly. In the second hour at 5.15, my man Mike Scarborough is going to join us of TigerBait.com. We're going to talk more Tigers, a little basketball, a little baseball, and some football recruiting. LSU fresh off their junior day last weekend. More big-time visitors expecting this weekend. Mike S. is going to break it all down for us then. I'm excited, though. Major League Baseball coming back. LSU basketball win. Exciting, exciting times. Everybody was wondering about Will Wade and these LSU Tigers fresh off the notice of allegations from the NCAA. Are they going to have a hangover? They're going to have a little bit of a cloud over their head. Sure didn't look like it today in the first half. They came out like gangbusters. Up 16 at the break, 39 to 23. And they really extended that lead. They were up 25 at one point, and they were led early on by Xavier Pinson. Point guard was just tremendous, scoring seven of the Tigers' first nine points, kind of controlling the flow of the ball game. But to me, the big story early on in the game was the Tigers' defense suffocating Missouri, not letting get anything going offensively. Tigers didn't even have a foul. I think that's big. Big thing to notice for the Tigers. That, that's when they're playing well, they're playing scrappy defense, forcing turnovers, and not fouling the opposition. When the stripes let them play a little bit more aggressive, the Tigers seem to go. They went in that first half getting up big before Missouri was able to claw back in the ball game, only being down 16 at the break. Led the Tigers to the end points. Tari Eason, first team all SEC, sixth man of the year in the SEC, 19 points today, 7 11 from the field. Tigers 56% from the field today. At one point in time, they were close to 70%, 68% in the first half. They were awfully good. 5 of 19 from behind the arc for the Tigers for 26%. Darius Days, real good for the Tigers as well. 16 points he chipped in with as well. I, I like the team effort today with the Tigers showed. I, I was kind of worried a little bit, maybe a little bit of a hangover after the Alabama overtime win on Saturday. Couple that with the you know the NOA that they got this week. I was a little worried that they come in this ball game, maybe just a little cloud over their head, not not playing as crisp. That went away early. They were up big in a blink of an eye, and they extended that lead before letting Missouri back in. Now, second half's a little bit different story, right? Tigers got a little sloppy. Missouri actually outscored the Tigers in the second half, 45 to 37. But they were able to pull it off and scrap it together. I I really think this LSU team started playing better basketball in the loss against Arkansas. I know you said that's a loss. They played really good in that ball game. They just couldn't get it done down the stretch. Big-time close loss on the road to a really good Arky team. They're going to get a chance for redemption, though. Tomorrow, 1.30, tip. It's 
supposed to be 130. We'll see what happens in the first game. You know, tournament basketball goes. 130 tip. They'll get a chance to redeem themselves from that Arkansas loss and see if they can't put together a strong win. If they beat Arkansas, I think this is a team that you can start to talk about maybe a number five seed going into next week's NCAA tournament. I think they're kind of locked in to a six with a loss, even if they would have lost today. I think they're in about that six or seven range. I think they're a six seed now. If you win, you start talking about a five seed. Uh, you win that game, I don't know much how, how much higher they, that they can go. You know how much the committee's going to hold back to and hate on the general Will Wade. But boy, did he have his Tigers ready to play today. Love the focus. Love the passion. Love the execution early in the first half. They let it get a little bit away from them. Got a little complacent. A little bit more fouls, too. Stripes got a little bit more whistle happy. But that's basketball. Got to learn to play with that. They played it up well enough today, though, to come away with the victory, 76-68 to over the Missouri Tigers in a 5-12 matchup in the SEC tournament. They'll face Arkansas tomorrow, hopefully at 1.30. Other big news today, and I'm, I'm super pumped about this. I, I don't... I mean, my, my man my man James Mesh behind the glass over there, I don't know if he's as excited as me about this, but but for me, this is, this is huge. The MLB and the Players Union were able to strike a deal. It didn't look like it was going to happen. There was a lot of talk about the international draft and the players didn't want to have it, and rightfully so. A lot of these guys, that's how they make their money, you know, down in – down in the Caribbean and Latin America, that's where a lot of guys make the money. They don't want to come in the draft and share a pool of cash with everybody else. I get it. But they were able to strike a deal today, and it looks like they're going to play 162 games. It looks like that was off the question. That was off the docket. It wasn't going to happen. But boy, in the 11th hour, were they able to come clutch and come up with a deal to make it happen. Nine days ago, Commissioner Robert Mansford came up and said, it's done. We're canceling opening day. We're not happening. Yesterday, they said all games are canceled up until April 14th or whatever it was, for two weeks of the season, April 14th, I think it was. Now today, it looks like we're going to have 162 games. James, how exciting is that? I mean, at least we'll finally have baseball, but do you know it's an interesting kind of time of events when it comes to them kind of canceling games up until April 14th? What's that? The next day would be Jackie Robinson Day. Okay. So well, that would have been. I, I don't. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, well, if, now opening day is gonna be April seventh. They have let us know that they're gonna make up the ball games that are missed in those first six days. They're gonna be made up in double headers, and days added on towards the end of the season. So we still get Jackie Robinson Day. Everybody wears forty two. We love it, but we'll have to wait a couple weeks for that. It won't happen on opening day. Yeah, it was just the thing. But the thing was, if they just kept the continuation, they would have missed it. They weren't yeah. able to have that. And, uh, I feel like a few fans would have been pretty upset with that. Not to mention, well, not just the fact that you wouldn't be able to have MLB baseball, but Jackie Robinson Day is a pretty big day, especially for MLB and MLB fans, since for sure. everyone wears forty-two. I love it. I love it. But the culture, you need to have it, right? Need to have it. Got to get more people excited about baseball, and that's a that's a Big, big opportunity for that. No doubt about it. So we'll still have Jackie Robinson Day. We'll have 162 games, and we're fired up about that. Another big thing that happened today that a lot of people didn't see coming, Khalil Mack, big-time defensive end. The Bears are trading him to the Chargers for draft picks. Didn't see that one coming. 
Bears are just what a reload over there. Chargers are getting better. You know, Justin Herbert's getting fired up, getting some opportunity to get some defensive help over in L.A. A lot of excitement today around baseball, Tigers basketball, and the NFL. Still making good moves in the NFL. There's been a trade every day thus it's, far. Yeah, so who, or, who's coming or up some, Or some type of big news. You know, a couple days ago when I, I hosted Crunch Time, I mentioned that, that Jimmy G possibly in New Orleans. There's still a lot of smoke about that, that that could happen. Not that excited about it. We'll talk more about that later on. Don't want to see Jimmy G in the black and gold. Plenty of moves that could be made there. I've been adamant that I want to see Jameis Winston be the starter. I think that's what we'll do. Hopefully, at least. You know, if me and James are in charge which nobody should ever let happen. <laughs> we would want Jameis Winston to be the starter. But at least we're not alone on this. At least a lot of people agree. Like, if, if we had to choose a quarterback, probably would want Jameis, especially with a lot of other quarterbacks being off the market now. I think you're right. Because, I mean, if you, look, if you look at his trajectory, he was getting better with each game. He was getting more comfortable with the offense. Sean was getting more comfortable with Jameis. And Colin Moore plays downfield instead of just a bunch of dink and dunks and conservative running with Kamara the whole time. That way you didn't abuse Kamara. But the offense is going to have to look different. We talked about that on Tuesday. The offense is going to have to look different. I I think they're going to have to get some more help on the outside. We mentioned them drafting a wide receiver in that third to fourth round range. We both agree on that. I I think they're going to need another back. And they're going to have to beef them up up front, right? Especially if you're not keeping Teron Armstead. You're going to have to beef up up front. Even though you said my man's is always hurt, when he does play, he's one of the best damn tackles in the league. So I'd like to keep a guy like that on my side. No doubt about it. I, I think uh, this offense is it's going to be more of, a little bit more ground and pound. They're also going to have a lot more possession-type football, not as explosive. You're going to get your boy, slant boy, come back, Mike Thomas, hopefully, healthy. Not like not a locker room cancer. Can't have that. We need him to come back, be a you know integral part of this offense. No doubt about it. Him and AK. But with Jameis Winston, you add a couple other pieces around there. If you keep Armstead, I know you don't want to do it, but if you keep him, I mean that offense starts looking a lot better already. But even then, I mean, get a get a receiver in the draft, and or get somebody in free agency, and then I I would honestly. I would get a tight end before I get a wide receiver in free agency. I'm more worried about getting a tight end. Even though I like Adam Trotman. What kind of tight I, end are you trying to get? You're trying to get a tight end to stretch the field? I'm looking for one that can stretch. Because Adam Trotman, even yeah. though he was known in his college career as more of a receiving tight end, for some reason in the NFL he's been more of a blocker and he's been pretty good at that. Yeah, he's not bad at all, but he doesn't give you the He doesn't know, give you he doesn't strike fear in the defense that he's gonna be able to take their head off. You know what I mean? He's a He's more of a, a in-line blocker, like you mentioned. And he'll get that occasional catch, but you're not really worried about it because you don't fear him. You're not worried yeah. about him. It's so not a mismatch. Him, he's not a mismatch on the perimeter. No, he's made some good catches. He'll he'll surprise you every once in a while, but I feel like you kind of need a gamer. And I wouldn't say bring Jared Cook back, but I would say bring back somebody that's a little older as a tight end that can still kind of do that field stretching and is more of a receiving threat. You could even say... Jimmy Graham coming off the top of my head. That could be somebody even on a short-term deal that isn't worth a lot. It's just more of a veteran deal since he's a little on the older side, and that gives another year where Adam doesn't have to worry about dealing with as much responsibility. 
and he can worry about getting into that third year and trying to develop into that fourth to be a better overall tight end. That way, once you're done with Jimmy or once you're done with whoever you have at tight end, he'll be more of a threat and you can rely on him more because he'll be ready. Whoever the tight end, I think big part of them is getting help on the outside where you have to be feared over the top. Last year, nobody feared us over the top, right? Nobody feared that the Saints were really going to do that to you. So it kind of, you know, it crippled that. Everybody could, you know, get in the box and kind of hunker down. The only the only real threat was Deontay Hardy, and he was suspended three games, yeah. and I think he had an injury or two. But then also, he's not out there all the time, even even without Mike out there and without Traquan. He wasn't even out there all the time, so he's not a super consistent receiver. And that's why I would say if you're going to go get a receiver early on within within the first round of the first four, get one or one that in free agency, get one that can stretch the field. You need one that can consistently stretch the field. That's why I don't like getting Jarvis Landry because he's the same prototype as Mike Thomas. He's the short, intermediate guy. You need somebody that can go over the top. I'm kind of interested to see what kind of value that juice is kind of demand, Jarvis will demand on the, on the market this year. It'll be interesting because he's missed the consistency. He's going to give you, you know, he's going to catch 100 balls, no doubt about it. But like you said, he's, you know, Mike Thomas light, putting it politely. I was going to say, yeah, he's, you know, he's got a smaller frame, but he's the same prototype. Yeah, same style of receiver. We're having a good time right now. We're talking all kinds of stuff. We talk LSU basketball to start off the show. Now we're chatting it up about the NFL. And you can get in on the action calling up the game hotline at 337-706-0111. We're going to head to a break. But when we come back, we're going to keep chopping it up. LSU basketball, NFL, and, of course, return of Major League Baseball. We're having a lot of fun on Friday Eve right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Major League Baseball is back, and it's time for a tradition like none other. Old school baseball guys arguing with the analytical crowd on why RBI should still be relevant. Show us that million dollar arm, because I got a, well, I got a good idea about that five cent head of yours. No, but seriously, what the heck is war? Yeah. What? Who comes up with this stuff? You're killing me, Smalls. Now, back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And just like five names and what we're talking about, The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants you to be a part of our team at the Lake Charles Championship. You'll get a dozen golf balls and a spot on The Game foursome. That's right, you can golf with our big, bald, and beautiful RP3 in the Lake Charles Championship Pro-Am on Wednesday, March 23rd. To enter for a chance to win, simply text N-U-G-G-E-T, that's Nugget, to 68683 for a chance to golf with RP3. That's Nugget to 68683 for a chance to win a spot on the foursome with the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles and we're back at it on crunch time on a Thursday a beautiful Thursday afternoon the weather outside is amazing James if I wouldn't be here I'd love to be sitting on my back patio enjoying the weather but it sure is nice to be sitting here with you I I was expecting it to be cold again it it felt a little chilly yesterday but then today I I go outside I'm like wow it's a lot warmer than I expected the sun's kind of out it's a little beaming it sure did uh, warm up pretty nice today, and we're still all jazzed up, right? Why? Because the 99-day lockout of the MLB is over, and we're going to have baseball. It's back. 
players could begin reporting to spring training as early as tomorrow. They're now have it out there. Jeff Passan has announced that of ESPN has, has announced that they're going to start coming back tomorrow. The players voted 26 to four in favor of the agreement and the executive subcommittee of elected leaders voted 8-0 against it. The players' voices were heard, though. They won out in the end, and we're going to get baseball. The best part is, though, nine-inning doubleheaders are back. Regular extra inning is back. No more of that junk with a man starting on second in extras. No more of that BS. Regular baseball is back. Voice, I, I found that rule very weird. Like, why would you start somebody already at second? Like, come on, man. Already at second, you bunt him over. Now you got a man on third with one out. Get two outs to bring him home, a pass ball, sack fly. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's not, trying to speed the game up. I, it's stupid, right? I mean, based, play baseball the, the way it was meant to be played. You could also just extend the game, though, right? Get the guy on second, bunt him over to third, sack fly. Now you got two outs. Next guy strikes out, bottom half of the inning comes up. It's the same damn thing. Then it's tied up again. And guess what? Now we're going to the 11th inning with the guy on second. So I, it, I was going to say, it doesn't feel like that would slow right. it. I, I was going to say, it doesn't feel like it would speed it up. It would actually make the game go longer. We'd have more action because we'd have more scoring, but the game wouldn't end any sooner. As far as the international draft, which was a big talk of discussion over the last couple of days, players adamantly against it. They want to have two separate draft pools, right? Want to have pools for guys here in the States, college players, high school players here in the States, as well as an international draft pool. Well, they're going to extend that. They have until July 25th to reach a deal on that, and the earliest that draft would start is on is in 2024. So maybe not so much of a resolution there, but who cares? We're going to have baseball here in 2022, and spring training can start as early as tomorrow. You know what that means? We might have spring training baseball as early as next week as far as games. What? (laughs) Are you kidding me? I mean, we came into this week. I thought we were destined for a shortened season, and and it wasn't going to happen. But ultimately, they were able to come through with a resolution. Tip of the hat to the players for getting that done. It's silly, right? Some of this stuff, huh? Talking about millionaires and billionaires arguing like kids about a sport, a game. Couldn't come up to a resolution, but they finally did. I think what really happened is once the the, the players really realized that, oh, shoot, I'm going to miss a two-week check, let me get in there and get it fixed so we could get paid and we could start to play. So I, I think that's big news here for the MLB and its fans. I know today when the news broke, my phone went crazy. Started getting texts from so many people. We're already trying to get fantasy baseball drafts going. I, I'm fired up about that. I'm going to get my, I'm gonna have to catch up on reading now, James. I wouldn't, wouldn't expect to have to worry about drafting a fantasy baseball team so quickly. I thought I might have had a couple more weeks to, to prepare. But it, it looks like i got to get this show on the road pretty quick because we're going to be drafting here in a few short weeks. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a little bit of a shortened spring training. So who's that going to hurt? Is it going to hurt the pitching? Is it going to hurt the hitting? That's going to be re- remain to be seen. But if you go on the Twitter machine right now, I think everybody's just pretty jazzed up about baseball being back. So, so exciting. Right at the 11th hour, they got it done. And we, we got the show in, right? I remember texting James earlier today saying, man, you think uh, – you know, when the bat, the first game was running a little long, when 
you know, A&M was up big against the Florida Gators, and then the Gators come storming back to force overtime. I text James, I said, man, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get a full show in. We got so much to talk about. Major League Baseball's back. We got a bit to talk about the Tigers. Big NFL news was dropping. And sure enough, Tigers make short order of the Missouri Tigers in a battle of the Tigers this afternoon. Facing Arkansas for a chance of redemption tomorrow at 1.30. So a lot, a lot still to get to in this second hour. Well, you know, I guess we only had 30 minutes to start out. But we get a full hour on the back half of the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to bring on Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com at 5.15, and he's going to talk to us about LSU recruiting, LSU football, and some LSU baseball and basketball as well. Tigers got back off, off the ropes last night with a win against Magnese. Jacob Barry goes yak again. I know I gave him a hard time yesterday or two days ago, but boy, can he hit. Good God, six home runs already on the year. He's doing what he came to do. And we're going to do what we came to do. We're going to take a quick break, but don't you go anywhere. Second hour, still a ton of fun to get to right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're now listening to Crunch Time. No hot takes, no gimmicks. You love sports, he lives them. So buckle up your chin straps because it's time to wrap up your workday with Crunch Time. And we're right back in it for our number two. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in today on Crunch Time with my man, James Mesh, behind the glass. If you want to take a look at our beautiful mugs, you can head on out to Simulcast. Here in Acadiana, you can watch us on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. And boy, if you want to still have a little bit more fun, like my man T always does, call us up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. We're still pretty jazzed up about the Tigers' victory today in the SEC tournament over the Missouri Tigers, 76-68. Came out in dominant fashion to start the ball game. Was up 16 at the break before holding on for the eight-point victory. They'll face Arkansas tomorrow at 1.30 in a revenge game from just a week ago that they lost down the stretch. Also, Major League Baseball back in action. And we're still pretty excited about that. Excited for some Astros, and you can hear some Astros right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Always excited for some Astros baseball. They'll get started just a couple weeks late. April 14th will be opening day. Just when we didn't think they'd have the season, here we are. Still jazzed up about it. We still got to talk some baseball. I'm more excited, I think, not only that we have having a full season, though. I'm, I'm more excited about all the, the crazy rules are gone. You know, no more of this. I, I, I just think, last year, Madison Bumgarner throws a no-no in a seven-inning double-header game, and he doesn't get credit for the no-hitter. Can you not feel for that guy? He was lights out that night. Didn't get credit for the no-hitter. No more of that BS. No more of that. Nine-inning Ernie Banks-style let's play two. We're going to have doubleheader games, full games, on the docket this summer. Also, no more man starting on second. The stupidest rule. Oh, my goodness. What a silly concept, right? I put that right up there with, with the, when they want to have, what, robot umpires, James? Silly. I, you should see the smirk on James's face. Behind the glass in the game studio. He knows. It's crazy. Silly talk. Ridiculous. Starting a man on second. Come on. 
get it, that weak stuff out of here. It takes away the controversy of the game. You know, because that's that a lot of a lot of controversial calls is what gets people to talk about NBA games or just yeah. basketball games, baseball games, now, football games. If we could just get the NFL to you know update their overtime rules to make sure both teams touch the football. Uh, ah, come on! So a flip of a coin should you know go tell that to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. You know what I should tell them? What you should tell them? Don't let them score 13 seconds left? Yeah. <laughs> tell the defense to hold up. You got 13 seconds, you still let them score? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that. couple other big notes today when it comes to the major league deal. They raised the minimum major league salary. <laughs> Feel bad for these guys. Instead of being $570,000, it's going to bring it up. To seven hundred thousand, so poor guys, right? <laughs> Fighting over one hundred twenty thousand dollars. A fifty million dollar bonus pool will be distributed annually to the most productive players who haven't reached arbitration. There are going to have a draft lottery. It's kind of like the NBA, right? Fewer picks are going to be involved, though. It's only going to be the top six. They're going to try to do that so teams don't tank, but it gives a little bit more exciting, right? A little bit more intrigue. Remember when the Astros had all those top picks a few years back? Well, you know, maybe that wouldn't happen. The luxury tax threshold, which was a big part of this, is going to go up from $210 million, and it's going to be at $230 million, and it's going to grow all the way to 244 by the end of the CBA. So, you know, poor guys, right? We're talking about... <laughs> James, you want some of that coin, buddy? I was going to say, oh, man, only a slight 100K, 120K pay increase, man. I mean, oh, could you poor, imagine being, you know, poor that, things. <laughs> you know, you, you play a game. Guy. Well, hey, just think about that raise, right? You, you're going to make your first major league debut this year. You think you're going to be on the minimum. You're going to make 560. And then now all of a sudden it's, oh, man, I'm going to get an extra hundo? Are you kidding me? That's big time coin, man. Mom's is getting a car, right? I was going to say, <laughs> mom and pops, they, they got to get something out of that. So at the end of the day, I think it's big time news. You know, the, the lockout ended. It lasted 99 days. We were told that we weren't going to have 162 ball games multiple times. Two weeks ago, he told us we weren't going to happen. Rob, everybody loves Ron Mans, Rob Mansfield. Man, uh, Manford, I'm sorry. He comes back yesterday tells us it's off the table. No more 162. What happens today? We're here, right? We're, we're going to have a full, full season. I'm excited to listen to some Strohs games right here on the game. Everybody likes to listen to the Strohs. It's always a good time. But, boy, it's, it's nice to wake up every morning and have something to check on. There's always a game, always something to, to, to read about, watch about. Baseball season, man, it's America's pastime. And, you know, they would have had a shortened season this year, especially after two years ago had the COVID shortened season. You're trying to grow your, your fandom. You're trying to grow your fan base. It's not how you do it. <laughs> shortening your season, shortening your opportunity to be in front of folks. You want to attract the younger audience. Well, you got to put your product out in front of them, especially today's generation. Young kids, James, no, he's one of those guys. Instant gratification, right? He likes to see something right now. Wants to see a lot of whatever it is. You got to be marketable. Well, they don't. They don't feel very marketable. Not when you're gonna shorten your season. That yeah. If you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna shorten your season, which is pretty long in and of itself. But if I mean if you're gonna have less games, that's less opportunities for you to show out. Not when you're gonna play two innings less in a in a doubleheader, and you know not when you're gonna start guys at second and extras. 
That's not marketable. Not when you could have a you know potential to miss Jackie Robinson Day. That wouldn't have been very good. Nonetheless, they got it done. We don't have to worry about any of that, right? Yeah. We're going to play 162 full inning games. Nobody starts at second, and Jackie Robinson Day is still on tack. It'll it'll be interesting for those first like three or four weeks to make up for it. I would say, or like two weeks actually. Well, I think everybody's going to be so fired up, ready for base. Look, people that like baseball, I know it's not your jazz, but people that like baseball and get excited for it, I could promise you that this is a big day. People are excited about it. I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking about all the doubleheaders to start off. Oh yeah, well I think they'll sprinkle them out. Because I was going to say, I you, feel like your stamina, like you're going to you, be firing on all cinder, cylinders. Well, I, I well, kind of, I, I think you got to space them out for two reasons. Kind of like you said, right? You don't, you want, you don't want to blow it too early. And number two, you're going to have a shortened spring training, right? Because we're going to start games in a month. So it's going to be a shortened, shortened spring training. It's usually pitchers and catchers report, you know, what, middle, middle February. So those guys will be shortened. A lot of chance for injury if you're going to play a lot of those ball games in a short window. So, I, you know, sprinkling them out over the year, I think is probably like maybe, the best look. Maybe every other week you would have a doubleheader series. There you go. I love doubleheaders, man. How cool would that be? I just worry about the pitchers throwing their arms out too. Uh, you know quickly. the bullpens. You know you got you got to you got to probably stretch out the bullpens maybe a little bit to start maybe, off the season. Maybe the players should have argued for you know an, an additional few roster spots to start the year. You, wait, you could have kept a couple guys. But the way they use the, the 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 injured list now, I don't want to call it the DLs, the IL. The way they use the IL now, you know, guys go in the ten day, the fourteen day, they retroactivated all the time. You you could get away with you know moving guys down. Bringing guys up, you got guys on like a taxi squad now. It's a little different, especially. I'm sure they still have COVID rules too. They they got to abide by. So, nonetheless, we're having baseball and we're excited about it. And what what about what about free agency? Well, I think it's going to get interesting. Things are going to have to happen pretty quickly, right? You got yeah. a lot of big names still out there. Carlos Correa, Astros are real excited. You know, fans are excited to see where he's going to go. He's been in Houston a bunch. I was gonna say he's been I, hanging out with, whenever he, with the whenever boys. he's at a whenever he's at a sporting event he's with an Astros player or somebody Look, him Lance McCullers always hanging out yeah. Alex Bregman that's his boys right he's with Altuve and Yuli all over you, you see him all over the internet on Twitter so I, it'd be interesting I really thought AJ Hinch and company with the Detroit Tigers would have made a, a strong push for him it, it doesn't seem like that's gonna happen I, I Astros need to po- pony up the coin right they let George Springer walk two years ago yeah. They got a they got a pony of the coin to keep Carlos Correa, which I think they will, and I think most MLB teams, since everything's going to be so rapid fire, I think they're going to be more focused on just bringing their guys back instead of trying to make too much change. It's like, all right, well, we're kind of having to like hurry everything up, so we'll just have to kind of bring back as much of the team as possible, unless there's just somebody big on the free agency market that could really help us. So I, I think ultimately Carlos Correa will come back on like a one or two year deal. And then they'll have to re- redo everything and figure out free agency next offseason. Right. I mean, look, Freddie Freeman's another name. Fresh off a World Series championship. He had an MVP caliber season last year with the Atlanta Braves. Man, it's hard to see that guy not back in Atlanta, right? Yeah, it feels like feels like he needs to be in a Braves uniform. You know, you, you got guy. Look, if the Astros do not sign Carlos Correa, you got to go out and get somebody like a, a Trevor Story. That, you know, he he's out there. I think he's a guy who could give you some help. You got a guy like Chris Bryant. That's a big bat out there. Could play multiple positions. Chris Bryant, yeah. Hey, man, Chris Bryant crushes. <laughs> I, I don't think the Astros quite, quite need somebody like that, but he's a guy that could help a lot of squads out there. 
Uh, you know, I, I'm a I'm a huge An, uh, Anthony Rizzo guy. He he's a free agent as well. I, I, this market, like you said, is going to be really, really quick. Teams are going to have to make decisions. I think you're going to start seeing guys sign as early as tomorrow and into the weekend. It's going to happen quick because guys need to get over to free uh, to spring training. They they got to they got to start it going. So I, I could see it happen rather quickly. I think I think a lot of the biggest names will happen within the next two weeks. Like oh, all the all the big 100%. names will have to be done by the first yes. two weeks. Right, you guys got to get their swings in, man. They, they got to start taking. They got to start warming up again. Yeah. Which I'm sure they, not to say that they haven't been in the batter's box or pitching. Yeah, you, you while, see while they have their pitching, time right, off. Right. But Alex Bregman put out a, a series on YouTube. You can go watch, and it shows his off-season workout during the strike. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Alex is out there working, but I, I'd like to see him take some live pitching in, in a spring training game. You know, to get up to full speed. I just think that's a, a a real important you know component to it, and the pitchers are going to be a little rusty, you know, no matter what they're doing. They're not they're not seeing live bats either, so those guys will get a later start. So it's going to be an interesting start to the season. If you had to predict, do you think that we'll see a higher average of of runs I, being scored, or do you think it'll be lower? I think the hitters will be ahead of the pitchers this year. Yeah, because the pitchers, you know, they they're getting a, a much later start than typical. Um, so I don't know if they have their best stuff, you know. They might have to rely heavily on that first, you know, the fastball might not as much movement. Might be on their secondary pitches quite yet. So um, I think the hitters will be ahead early in the season. But that'll all catch up. It'll all catch up. That's why, hey, that's why they play 162. <laughs> that's why it's baseball. That's that's why you have to have a full season, James. Try to explain it to you, and especially especially early on, since you'll have to you'll have those double headers, so you don't want to. Throw out your arm too quick and doing all these crazy pitches. You'd rather just go with the conservative, just try to get out of there. Definitely. And speaking of not throwing it out too early and stay conservative, we're going to have to do just that. We're going to have to take a quick break, pay some bills, because when we come back, Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com will be chopping shop with us, talking some LSU Tigers. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 10th, 1984. Georgetown defeats rival Syracuse 82-71 in overtime of the Big East Men's Basketball Tournament at Madison Square Garden in New York City. The Patrick Ewing-led Hoyas would go on to win the NCAA Men's Tournament. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. One of the things I love about betting on my favorite sports is that I'm always finding new player props or game props I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine prop bets from multiple games and now even multiple sports. It's called Same Game Parlay Plus, and you can only find them on FanDuel. You can combine NBA player props you like with NHL scores that you love for a chance to score an even bigger payout. But if you don't want to build your own same game parlay, check out their popular same game parlay section where you can find the best that other people are jumping in on. In fact, I'm looking at a bunch of them and it's all Philadelphia 76ers versus Brooklyn Nets tonight. And the most popular one that people are really betting on is Kevin Durant have 30 plus points, Tyrese Maxey to have 15 plus points, Harden score 30 plus and Kyrie to score 25 plus. He had an efficient night the other night. That was pretty crazy. But go to FanDuel and sign up with promo code KLWB to get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. So make every moment more. 
and download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Just use promo code KLWB so they know that I, James Mesh, sent you. You must be 21 or older and present in Louisiana. First online real money wager only. Refund issues, non withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and would like some help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back into Crunch Time on this Friday Eve. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to head out straight to the game hotline and bring on Mike Scarborough of TigerBeat.com to talk some LSU. Mike, how do you do on this wonderful Thursday afternoon? I'm doing great, Blaine. Uh, good to talk to you. Yeah, great to talk to you too, Mike. Look, everybody was kind of worried about the Tigers today coming out in the SEC tournament. Will they have a little bit of a hangover with the you know the news of notice of allegations that dropped a couple days prior? But no problem today for the Tigers. No, they came out blasting. Of course, Missouri made a little bit of a run uh, in the second half, but uh, LSU certainly came and didn't take care of business. And uh, you also thought maybe they might have been iced a little bit because of that great A and M. Florida game that went in overtime that caused their game to start late, but um, uh, no problems there. Then we'll see what's going to happen tomorrow. Arkansas is going to be a, a much different animal. Well, kind of like it's been all year, right? Defense led to offense for the Tigers, especially early on. They just suffocated Missouri. They're going to have a different task, though, come tomorrow at 1.30. Uh, look, this Arkansas team that they played just a week ago and you know played a, a real good game against, it looked good in defeat. That's kind of, in my opinion, where they kind of started to turn some of that bad mojo against them. Is LSU up for the task tomorrow? I, I think so. Um, you know, but it, it's um... – you know, uh, Arkansas is a very athletic team, and and um, I, I think it's going to be it's going to be uh, very heated as well. Uh, the two teams that don't like each other. No, they don't get along very well. Two contested ball games that they played so far this season. Uh, you know, this is a, a LSU team that's been kind of hard to get a pulse on. Played really well early in the year, kind of you know just kind of struggled through the middle of the season, and they seem to turn a corner just a little bit right now. What kind of seeding do you feel like they're playing for left in the SEC tournament? Yeah, I I, I, I glanced at the TV earlier today, and I, I know they had uh, what Palm on, and he, he put up some numbers, and I didn't see what he had put out. Um, but the more wins they can get, the better off they're going to be because uh, you know we've been looking for a while where they were a uh, seven, eight seed, nine seed. Um, I, I don't know how high can they get, and how many wins do they need to to improve things. Either way, it's going to be a tall order. But, you know, the one thing for LSU is, uh, you know, there was a point early in the season, certainly when they were on the, the win streak, where they were a fun team to watch. Uh, but for most of the rest of the two-thirds of the season, they've been aggravating to watch. Um, but hopefully they've turned the corner in the last week or two, um, you know, getting Pinson back and, and uh, him getting 100%. But, uh they they, they, they they always do have their moments, though, where you're just shaking your head like, here we go again. Pinson back is absolutely the key, in my opinion. I mean, especially this time of year, guard play is so important to win when it comes tournament time. You know, you're looking at Will Wade and everything that's going on with, with LSU basketball and Scott Woodworth making just marquee hires and all the other major sports. you you got to think that Scott's just licking his chops right now, thinking I could go out and get my guy and make my, you know, put my my fingerprints on every, you know, major program in, in LSU. 
Absolutely. And uh, I, we had a source tell us uh, a day or two ago that, um, you know, I, I, first of all, I've got to believe that somebody at the Advocate or, or the Athletic or somebody through a FOIA request is going to get a copy of that letter from the NCA, so we know the severity of what they've uncovered. Because, because believe me, there, there's going to be things there that they probably found uh, when they came to do interviews that are, are, are side items uh, versus the FBI wiretap. Um, but, yeah, and, and so if Woodward has designs on going out and hiring his coach, you know, he's going to want this thing to play out so he can get away with uh, getting Will Wade for cause so he doesn't have to pay him anything. Um, and then we're told um, that uh, he's he's got to go ahead to go out and spend upwards of $4 million to hire a coach. I mean, just look, it, it took three years from the strong-ass offer on the, on the wiretap to get to where we are today. It's not like this is going to happen overnight. I mean, when we start, you know, the 2023 basketball season, do you think Will Wade's going to be the head coach at LSU? Uh, I'm shocked. We've got a poll on the front page of Tiger Bait right now that I, uh, last time I glanced at it, it was exactly 50-50 when I asked that question of, of the Tiger Bait subscribers. And, uh, you know, would he be the coach next season for the 22-23 football season? And it was 50-50 the last time I looked. Mike Scarborough joins us. So that, 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 is, that really is a lot of movement because if I would have asked that a couple of months ago, it, it probably would have been 80-20 or 75-25. Um, I, I think what that also shows is a lot of, a lot of the LSU fan base, as much as they, they love Will Wade, they're exhausted. They're exhausted by this whole process and it lingering over the program. Um, and of course, you know, there's been some aggravating basketball to watch this season. A lot of people, you know, saying he can't coach half court offense and 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 on and on. But um, the thing about it is, if you, if you let it play out so that you don't have to pay him anything and you go the full two months. Um, you know, uh, what, what's the window of where an athletic director can absolutely get the coach he wants? Um, you know, or is it easier to hire a a, uh, a basketball coach in, in, in June or July? I, I don't know the answer to that. It's a little different in football. Uh, talking right now with Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com on the game hotline. We'll switch gears and talk a little baseball right now. Jay Johnson's Tigers, it's kind of been a little bit of a mixed bag as well on the diamond for the Tigers. Uh, you, you know there's plenty of offense there, but there's still many question marks surrounding this pitching staff as well as the Tigers' defense on the back half. Wh- where do you think they're going to ultimately land with a starting rotation when it comes to SEC play that starts just a week away? Man, I don't know. You know, uh, we everybody's been grilling him. Where's Hilliard? He says we're going to see him now this weekend. At first, he said we would see him Tuesday night. And of course, that game got pushed to last night with McNeese. Um, but as of right now, just of what we've seen from all the LSU pitchers, um, you know, some of them had some positive negatives. But it, it really, right as of right now, it looks like you maybe got like one and a half pitchers. You know, one and a half SEC weekend caliber pitchers. And that being money and and uh, the Dutton kid from Alabama. Um, yeah, I think Dutton's know, been phenomenal. 
Now, you yeah, know, outside so, of Blake Money, it's so many question marks. You really have nobody at the at the back end of the rotation either. I mean, you got a couple of leverage guys, Dutton mainly, that you really like out of the pen. And I mean, even Devin Fontenot's kind of been just uh, all over the place. Uh, it, it'll be an interesting uh, dynamic well, to, to and, watch. And we knew that that was probably going to be the case. And I think that the, the pitching uh, uh, rotation and the the uh, unorthodox things that he does bringing. Uh, pitchers in and out and using high numbers of pitchers in games. Uh, I, I that, That's one thing. I, I think that the other thing that, that's got to get fixed is the errors and the fielding errors. You know, that, that's something that I, I didn't expect to see uh, right now. But, um, but those are probably the things that are more fixable uh, than, than the pitching. But, uh, you know, like um, last night. And, you know, and then, you know, we see Dylan Cruz leave, you know, uh, and, and – uh, uh, you know, with runners in scoring position, uh, not faring very well at the plate. Um, but, uh, you know, but a lot of these guys are getting contact. I, I just think uh, you can see the makings of if they just stay at it, a lot of this stuff is going to eventually work itself out. But that SEC schedule is brutal, and, and, and uh, you know, you, you hope they get it worked out sooner rather than later. I couldn't agree more. Ten errors over the weekend at the Shriners Classic, just inexcusable. I think that was the best stat line for the Tigers last night in the 6-3 win against Magnese were the zero errors. I, do you think he just eventually says, look, enough's enough. Barry, um, we know you came to LSU to play in the field, but, I mean, we know you could hit. You got six bombs on the year already. Is it time for that experiment to end? And, you know, you, you got to sacrifice a little bit of offense for defense and you got to take guys out of the lineup like Joe Bear and, and put in – you. You know, a guy like Giacomo in right field to, to get Barry out of the lineup since he's such a liability. Yeah, I, and, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where you're only so many weeks into the season. You know, what were those discussions like But when he first got the job and he's talking to Barry about joining him in Baton Rouge? You know, I, I, I'm not uh, – I don't, I don't think that Jay Johnson's going to stick with Jordan Barry in the outfield just because he because he promised it, it to him, or he feels like he owes him, but it's, but at some point I think he he wants the uh, uh, the dossier of his work to, to you know be easy for him to make the decision, and where Barry has no you know has no leg to stand on, but but to agree with his coach. Switch gears a little bit right now, talking with Mike Scarborough, TigerBeat.com on the game hotline. Coach Brian Kelly, he hosted his first junior day a week ago and getting rave reviews. What can you tell us about how that weekend went and how LSU shaping up on the recruiting trail with only one commit so far in this 2023 class? Yeah, you know, I, I about this time last week, I said, man, you know, what is it? Uh, could they come out of the weekend with two or three commits? And then I also said, you know, in this day and age now with uh, name, image, and likeness and, and – um, and certainly this is a brand-new staff with, with new coaches and a lot of these guys on the recruiting trail. Uh, the recruits in Louisiana need to establish their relationships and get to know these new position coaches better. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me it's zero. But to just be sitting at one commit right now, I still think – I, I kind of think it's a little odd. Um, but I, I think you're going to see prospects make their way to campus multiple times throughout the spring – and we're two weeks from today away from the start of, of spring football practice. So I think a lot of the guys that were on campus last weekend in-state and with a short drive radius from Texas 
Um, I think that a lot of those guys are going to come back. Uh, you got more kids on campus uh, this weekend, guys that couldn't make it last. And then you start jockeying for position, competing with track meets, uh, you know, uh, prospects that play baseball. Um, and, but then you'll start to get those guys coming around. But um, it was an excellent weekend. Crawfish Bowl, uh, they took them immediately uh, on campus to the LSU-Alabama basketball game. Of course, that was a fantastic overtime win for LSU, and the, and the place was rocking. So that was really good, particularly for the uh, players out of state. Uh, all the kids that we talked to, and I, re- I I probably got at least at least half of them to, to two thirds of them Saturday night for comment. Um, they all had a fantastic time. Um, I think maybe the only negative of the weekend was that uh, Mike Denbrock wasn't there because he had a family emergency. Um, but uh, I I think that's okay. They'll they'll be fine. If you would say there's one guy close to pulling the trigger and becoming the number two commit in the class, who would that guy be? Yeah, I know a lot of people keep saying Trey Holly. Um, I, I I don't know if that's indeed the case, but uh, I, I think LSU's in a great spot for him either way, um, and it's great for Frank Wilson um, uh, that uh, he's got two great ones in the state of Louisiana, and, and he didn't have to. Uh, beat the bushes and, and go very far to it, for two running backs in the 23 class between Trey Holly at Union Parish and, and Caleb Jackson at Liberty. When you look at the class of 2023 in the state of Louisiana, do you, do you look at it to be a top-heavy class? Is this a deep class in the state? Is this you know a year where LSU is going to sign 12 to 15 kids in state? I think it's deep. Um, I think there's a good chance that it's, it's as deep or deeper than last year. But I, but I don't see it as being as top heavy as last year. Um, you know, last year you could make the case that there was, you know, four or five five stars in the state of Louisiana. And when I say that, meaning, you know, if you worked uh, for a recruiting network and you're having a, a roundtable or, or, or conference call, and you're beating the table for a prospect in, in the region that you cover, I, I think there was legit four or five guys that you could, you know argue and not raise an eyebrow for five-star status. But usually nationally, you only have about 30 of those. Um, so, you know, you can look at this class in Louisiana this year, and you, and you can say, okay, Mike, who's the must-haves or who's who are the best? Well, I know the national guys have put Arch Manning number one, and that's ridiculous. He's not there. I, he's a, 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 a four-star quarterback, um, but – I, I think Eli Holstein at Zachary is, is better than him. Um, but I think really Shelton Sampson and, and, I really, and Derek Williams at, at Westgate, New Iberia, um, you know, those are guys in the discussion. But I think one through like set, six, seven, eight, you can argue a bunch of those guys for being the, the, the top two or three or the number one player in the state of Louisiana. So, um, and then maybe, you know, is there maybe one five-star in the state of Louisiana? You know, when you look at it, you know, from, you know, a couple of miles up. Um, but maybe is there more uh, national 250 or national 300 guys in the state this year? Um, and I think there's going to be some more kids that once they go through the spring evaluation period and they host camps, I think there's going to be some more Louisiana prospects and certainly um, – after what we've seen with the transfer portal, 
name, image, and likeness. Um, they're going to do everything in their power uh, to find those, you know, diamonds in the rough. Those guys that maybe don't have the, the measurables, or they are missing a little something. They're not maybe they don't have the, the height or the uh, uh, the every single perfect uh, ideal measurement for their particular position. Um, because you know, there's one thing that I was told that they are looking at as a staff. There was a statistic that they did for the, that in the last ten years that there were over, close to 120 prospects from the state of Louisiana that made NFL rosters that were not offered by LSU. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mike, I'm up against it. I hate to do it, buddy. Always good catching up. We'll talk real soon. All right, All right man. Talk soon. Thanks, Blaine. Mike Scarborough with TigerBait.com. Always a treat to catch up with him. Guy's so knowledgeable. We have more action, though, so don't go anywhere. Two more segments to go on this Friday Eve right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... I'm ready for love. Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game. Southwest Louisiana sports station wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating. Kramer Equipment and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot and a burner, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. I mean, that's perfect since MLB is back. So just sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Right back in it. It's a crunch time on a Thursday afternoon, and it's absolute wonderful weather, but it's also wonderful to be with you guys, all of Acadiana, right here in the game studio. My man James Mesh and I have been chopping it up, talking all sorts of things. Tigers' big win over the Missouri Tigers in the SEC tournament. Major League Baseball is back, as well as some key NFL moves before we chopped it up with Mike Scarborough with TigerBait.com in that last segment. I'd like to switch gears a little bit, though, and talk about the Raging Cajuns and McNeese Cowgirls last night. The Cajuns got a much-needed win, 5-3. Were able to get off a little bit of a skid they were on, and they were looking to get a little bit of momentum before they went into conference play. Coach Glasgow talked about how the team responded in that matchup against the Cowgirls. Well, I, I thought they responded good, and I thought McNeese got a good team and a lot of speed. And I thought our kids, I thought they embraced that. And then when they, they scored, we scored. It took us one in to get our feet back on the ground. But I, I thought our offense, like, a really good pickup. Sam Grader really had a good a good night, and we needed that. So we put her in the lineup, and that was a big help to us. And I thought Stormy was really good in the leadoff spot. Getting that three-run inning and getting over the hump and getting that victory. Talked about how they rebounded. And Kendra Lamb really shook back. You know, let's talk about how this game boosted her confidence. She'll tell us just how they did that. 
A lot. I mean, coming in that situation and really just having to have that belief in myself, like coming in that situation and being successful, not only for me, but for our pitching staff and what we're doing, like it just emphasizes that we're on the right track. And it was important for them to do that. You know, we talk about conference play kind of looming and they want to get back on that winning stretch. Uh, Coach Glasgow also told us about how important it was to, to get that victory heading into the conference play. Yeah, you know, it's it a good win because you know they're going to be I, – I expect McNeese to really dominate that Southland Conference, and he's a good coach, a really good coach. Shelly does a good job with him over there. And, you know, I, I, I was it's, I knew this would be a hard game and a really good win for us. And, you know, we got to play him again in a couple of weeks, and it'll be a dogfight again. Again, just a huge win for those Lady Ragin' Cajuns just last night. As far as the men – postponed two nights in a row. They had a big game against La Tech, scheduled for Tuesday, postponed due to weather. They were going to play the Privateers from UNO, led by Blake Dean. That game also postponed. They have a huge matchup, though, this weekend, the Raging Cajuns. At home, at the Teague, they get to play the University of Houston. The Cougars have a dominant baseball team. I, you know, this is a, a Cajun team that's trying to get off the mat a little bit after that opening weekend where they, they played so well. I, James, I know you and I talked about it a couple of days ago, and you talked about frontline pitching for the Raging Cajuns and, and the Friday night guy just giving them an opportunity to win each and every Friday night and how everybody got a dude. But, you know, having your guy go on Friday and, and giving you that psychological edge, you know, you're, you're confident that you could go out and beat a team no matter who you play against has to give some credence to that team. Definitely no doubt. The only thing that really worries me is who's going to be who's going to be the consistent Saturday and Sunday guy. Because I won't be covering the game Friday. It, I won't be covering it tomorrow. It will be RP3. I'll be covering the game Saturday. So I'm wondering who's going to be that guy. Cajuns and Tigers kind of mirror images when it comes to pitching staffs, right? Got the Friday guy locked in. They're still trying to figure out the other two days. Are you lobbying to say, look, RP3, let me be your Friday night guy. Let me get in the Teague <laughs> on Friday night and get in on the action. Everybody loves the action at the Teague. Great atmosphere for college baseball. Yeah, it was. I was starting to be that guy. I had, I had two Fridays in a row. I covered the opening night versus UC Irvine, and then I had covered the Friday night versus Southern Miss. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to be the Friday night guy. I'm going to be the, the opening pitcher. I'm going to be the Blake Money, or I'm going to be the Tommy Ray of the Delta Media team, but uh, well, I'll be I'll be the Saturday Saturday guy this week. Relegated to Saturday night, Ray. If you're listening, take the wife and daughter out for a little movie and ice cream. Let James take control on Friday night at the T. We're having so much fun over here on a Thursday. We're gonna have to take it to one more break though. But don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're gonna wrap it all up. Let you know what we can expect going into this Friday. Right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw at his own kid in a father's son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's conference championship 
in college basketball. And FanDuel Sportsbook has an offer that you don't want to miss. Right now, new customers can place their first basketball bet risk-free. And if you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back. The game that you just listened to with the Tigers, they played pretty well against Mizzou. And after that, I gotta believe LSU has a good chance to make a nice run in the SEC tournament. But go ahead and take a chance at some same game parlay bets. You can also jump into the action with live betting, or you can bet with big promotions like Odd Boosts. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. The app is so easy to use, they're always hooking you up with great odds. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and sign up with promo code KLWB so you can get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's promo code KLWB. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana with permitted parishes only, first online real money wager only, refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days, restrictions do apply, see terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and would like some help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Right back in for the last time on a crunch time Friday Eve edition. I'm your guest host Blaine Vietar, and we've been having so much fun today. We got to Kind of piggyback off of the LSU Tigers' eight-point victory today over the Missouri Tigers in the SEC tournament. LSU will now face Arkansas Razorbacks tomorrow at 1.30. The LSU Tiger baseball team will face Bethune-Cookman at noon tomorrow inside Alex Box. They're trying to get in a little early before the weather tomorrow night. Your Raging Cajuns will play tomorrow night against the Houston Cougars, as we mentioned. That game is actually scheduled for 3 p.m. So both Tigers Cajuns trying to get in a little early before the weather. Totally understandable. Other big news today that we talked about, Camille Mack heading over from the Chicago Bears, exchange for a couple draft picks, headed to the Los Angeles Chargers, giving Justin Herbert and those Chargers a little bit of a defensive presence, as well as, in my opinion, the big news of the day. Major League Baseball is back, baby. 162 ball games on the year. Full nine-inning games for double headers. And oh, by the way, regular. Yes, you heard that right. Regular rules and extra innings. No more of this nonsense with a runner starting on second. We get full baseball back. And I don't, uh, James, can you tell I'm just a little excited about this? I mean, it's very fair. I can't argue against it. Not to mention, when it comes to the playoffs for the MLB, It'll be expanded to 12 teams. 12-team playoffs, full season. Oh, I'm jazzed up. Can't wait for these fantasy drafts to start rolling in. want to give a couple thank yous today. First off, thank Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com for joining us in the 5 o'clock hour where he laid down all things LSU, broke down some Willie Wade basketball, some Jay Johnson baseball. Oh, and he let us know about Brian Kelly on the recruiting trail. Also want to thank the main man behind the glass, James Mesh, always doing it big, keeping us in line, keeping us laughing, and keeping us topical. Also want to thank all of you, Acadiana, for listening to us today. And I got even better news. Your boy is back tomorrow in the captain's seat for a Friday edition of Crunch Time. So don't forget to tune in. We'll be on just as soon as the Tigers let us. So catch us all tomorrow on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I'll be back with James as well. So we look forward to having you. Have a wonderful Friday Eve, guys. See you tomorrow. Peace.